Welcome everyone to the Anxious Millennial Podcast. I am your one and only host, Alexandra. Jennifer Aiken is by all accounts a quiet force of nature. Humble yet opinionated, she quietly reigns, listens intently, and has superhuman levels of empathy. A skilled communicator, her work in media relations makes the conundrum of her character all the more enthralling. Usually PR people are loud, highly outgoing, and gregarious, aren't they? Well, who says Jennifer is not gregarious? That's her irony. She learns, she watches, and she evaluates. And the thing about Jennifer? She also cares. A lot. She and I are friends, and we bonded, quite frankly, on two very important things to us. Italy and friendships. More specifically, friendship breakups. She and I had dinner one night, and we both opened up about our respective splits, if you will. In fact, Jen was the one who taught me the term friendship breakups. More on that later. And I had no clue it was a thing. Not only is it real, it's prevalent. And I cannot wait to get into it. So to you all, I say, please welcome my dear friend, Jennifer Aiken. Hi, Jen. Wow, I did not deserve that introduction. You deserve more. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am honored. I love you to death. So this is a highly biased interview, but this is more of a, <laughs> let's, so let's call it a conversation. So I'm going to start it off by something I ask all of my guests. So I'm going to ask you, what is your word for 2020, Jen, and why? Well, you know very well that uh, this gave me anxiety. <laughs> no the purpose of the show is to not give people anxiety yet I still found myself in bed laying there thinking what's my word of 2020 but I found it drum roll please learning I have learned so much I've learned so much about myself about other people about about scientific terms that I've never heard of before like viral load love that I've, I've, I've really learned. And I think a lot of people around me have learned and the more, you know, right. That word is so optimistic because it actually finally tilts the year on a positive slant, meaning that we had time and we were finally able to learn things we might not have otherwise have had time for. Mm -hmm. We were home, there was no commute. So we were baking and opening up these crazy conversations about health collectively that we had never had before to racial Mm -hmm. inequality, to pop culture. So yes, learning. I love that. Yeah. See, that's, that's a really good one, Jen. Thank you. That's really good. See, what stress and anxiety would you have coming on the show? Girl, I I needed to, you know, really self-reflect and dig deep there. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's the word. That's, that's really the word. Well chosen, well reflected. Uh, so that leads me to ask you, Jen, how has this year fared for you in terms of friendships? Did it cause stress on some of the friendships you currently have? Did it make it better? Yeah, I think it it went both ways, actually. Um, at the beginning of the year, before you know our current situation, I mended uh, a friendship that was kind of deviating, but that was two people fighting for each other. So we were able to move in the direct right direction there. 
Um, otherwise, you know, amidst everything, it's been tough. I find myself often asking myself, you know, like, why are you not reaching out to people more? And then I'm like, okay, but I, I need this moment just to really be with myself because it's exhausting reaching out. Preach. And then I have friends who are, who are upset or sad that, you know, nobody reached out to them um, when it was, uh, you know, this holiday or that holiday. And I'll, even though I wanted to, it, it was kind of exhausting, but I, I usually overcame it and I usually reached out not because I wasn't exhausted and I'm saying exhausted um, in terms of, you know, like all the news that you're consuming all the times you're constantly having to, 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 to assess everything. And then you're in your own head with that all the time, every day. It it was hard, but once I did it and once I opened up, we were both, both friend and I, we were able, able to have a conversation that allowed us to kind of, you know, release that stress together. So in terms of this friendship mend, Were you able to sustain it throughout the pandemic? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I think it really, again, has to do with your willingness to put in the effort. And I'm not saying that it's not important to, you know, to to listen to yourself when you're exhausted and, and, and do the whole self care thing. Then you also have to remind yourself again, I'm, I'm I'm really, I really think about others and I put myself into their position, into their head. So I've always told myself and got myself to say that, you know, maybe they need you more than you really think. And I, I would never want to be in the position where I need a friend and they don't have the ability, you know, just for a five minute phone call. You mentioned something so interesting where the exhaustion was sort of taking over. Do you feel guilt sometimes when you don't reach out enough, whatever that even means, Mm -hmm. but do you give yourself guilt for something like that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I make myself feel really, really bad. And I don't right away go out and call them, even though I feel guilty, but I just sit there and wallow in that guilt. And I'm like, I'm, I've been a bad friend. And sometimes, you know, I have friends who have verbalized to me or, or have said, is there anything wrong? Like, did did I do something because I haven't spoken to them in a couple of months, but I think that's also their, their coping mechanism to all of this is they might need a friend. Um, and I, might just need to be with myself. So for everybody listening, Jen is an empath to the umpteenth extent, and she's an introvert. So the struggle is real for her. She is so sincerely there, but she needs to restore Mm -hmm. because it is very energy. And I'm speaking as an introvert. It is very energy consuming to be there for people because we're not just passive listeners, right? We're, we really Oh, we, we, we take it all. We take whatever you're feeling. I'm feeling that too. Exactly. So it's a double-edged sword. My fellow empath, how would you explain the term friendship breakups? You taught me the term, but how would you explain it to those to whom it's new? Because I didn't know it was a thing. I really coined it an official term in, in my vocabulary when I lived through it. Otherwise, before that, you know, I was like, oh yeah, friends have falling outs all the time. It's it's normal. But when you've really lived it to the worst that it can be, you like, you, you need to kind of give it credit because if you're just like, Oh yeah, that I, I went through that and that's fine. And we're just not friends anymore. It's such a light connotation when it's really heartbreaking and your world shatters like a regular breakup. 
in hindsight, you know, I think about it and I'm like, it might be even worse. You really never think that there's an option that somebody you've been friends with for so long can just no longer be a part of your life and just disappear. The trauma really is pretty real. Yeah. Yeah. It reaches so deep inside of you. There's not even like, I, I've actually never been through a breakup, so I don't even know what that's like, like relation, loving relationship wise, but, um, to have felt what a, a, a friendship breakup felt like, I can't imagine a split on a romantic level. I mean, it, it's, it's everything starts to come into question. You can't mm-hmm. see straight anymore. Almost. Yeah. You feel it. And then you question all of your, your friendships that are going well. You question totally. whether or not they actually are going well or they're not going well. Yes. It's a downward spiral, honestly. Painfully accurate. And as I mentioned earlier, over wine one night, you and I bonded over it. We, we really, I mean, frankly, that's when I knew you were locked in, girl. We were having Indian at a fabulous restaurant. <laughs> it was Indian food, right? Oh yeah, it was. Absolutely. We ordered everything on the menu. Um, it was a bring your own wine. So we were enjoying that together. Um, and so I know, I know your story. I know the journey, but can you walk the listeners through when you really felt the brunt of it? Yeah, definitely. So a few years ago <laughs> in, in high school, I'm not in high school anymore, but in high school, I had a great group of girlfriends. We were all very, very close, um, very diverse group of friends. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We, we all went to prom together, you know, and I, I, um, I, I love them to death. And, you know, I still have a, a very deep um, place in my heart for them, even though, you know, they're not here anymore. Um, here anymore as if they're dead, but they're not dead. <laughs> it feels that way. I mean, let's be honest, a friendship that's lost most certainly feels like a death. It does. It really does. So we, we were a great group of girlfriends. We all went to CJEP. What is CJEP? Is the segue to <laughs> university for anybody not from Montreal or Quebec. We all went to to, to see Jeff together, most of us, we all kept in touch. And then I went to university um, outside of the city, so outside of Montreal, but everybody decided to stay here. So obviously there was already that distance being built. And uh, we were a group of six girls. My, my sister was a part of that group. So my sister had always been one of my best friends growing up. You know, she, she was my sister and my friend. And as I was going to university and I would come home every weekend or every second weekend and I would miss my friends because yeah, I'd made friends in university, but it really wasn't the same thing as, as, as your child, childhood friends and your, your, your high school friends. So I would come home and be so excited to organize events with them and, and see them and, you know, find, find ways really to reconnect. And uh, a couple of years passed And I found myself in a situation where these girls were no longer really happy and were kind of reluctant to, to, to make plans. And of course I, I would get upset and I would not understand why, you know, why they didn't want to hang out with me or why it was too much just to see me every second weekend. So then, yeah, I, I started coming home and we, we would kind of get into arguments here and there. And I would, you know, find myself often in, in these tech, uh, text wars with the girls being like, you know, like, what did I do? Did I do anything wrong? Why don't you want to hang out? And 
um, I think one, one event we, I, I had like a little clash with one of the girls, um, because I was too hard on them in terms of me being upset about why they didn't want to hang out with me. And for me, it really came from a good place because I missed my friends. So I, I really wasn't understanding what they were seeing. So a few months passed and one of my really good friends, who's still my friend to this day, but who was also part of that group, came to me and said, hey, Jen, this is happening behind your back. I can't let you know this go unnoticed. The girls really essentially don't want to be friends with you anymore. They think you're too much they, um, you know, they don't understand why you're so upset when they don't want to hang out with you. And me, you know, I was sitting there, I'm like, do they hear themselves when they're talking? Because if this is really something that's upsetting them and that I'm causing them distress, that's really exaggerated. But if I'm causing them any sort of, you know, stress over the situation, I'm, I'm one of their best friends or I thought I was, they could have come to me and shared with me that I was being unreasonable or I wasn't doing this right. So I had no idea that this was happening. And for me, how I was seeing it, it was, you know, I love them. I want to see my friends. These guys going to university made me realize that I, I love these girls and I, I want to continue being friends with them. So when this was brought to my attention, I decided to plan a coffee date with one of them downtown Montreal. And uh, we went out for coffee. I, I told her what, what our other friend shared with me and she apologized. We came to the conclusion that we kind of want to fight for our friendship and that, you know, she'll be more open and we can move forward from this and everything will be okay. And uh, that's how we left off. A few months afterwards, maybe two, a couple of months afterwards, um, I see on social media that she has an event at her home with a few friends. A few friends meaning our whole group of friends without inviting myself and my sister, again, who was part of that relationship. And I saw that, obviously, totally confused. I, I don't understand. I thought we were past that. I thought we were in a better place. So I reached out to her, calling her, because again, I'm all about transparency. Like, if you love somebody, you communicate with them what's wrong. And I'm, I'm a full-on advocate for that. Although my boyfriend will say that I'm not the best at it. I'm really <laughs> trying. And her excuse essentially was that the other girls were not comfortable with having me there. So she had to make the decision about whether inviting me or inviting, not, I'm saying the other girls, but it was really one girl. So you were being blamed for something you never asked for. And not only that, you're being pitted against somebody else, not out of your own volition. The manipulation is insane. And that broke my heart. I'm like, I didn't even know there was something wrong with me and this other girl. And I thought we, we moved past this. I thought it was fine. I thought everything was okay. And she was like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's not okay. You know, if I would have told you before, you would have cried. You would have been way too emotional. And that would have made me feel bad. And by all means, when I'm crying because I'm hurt, it's not because I'm trying to manipulate you in any shape or form trying to make you feel guilty if if that's the case then I'm clearly a real toxic person in your life and I'm really sorry for that because that was not my intention whatsoever again I really want to reiterate that I saw these girls as my best friends and that's all I really wanted is to continue being friends with them but I was fighting with something and with people who who didn't want to fight for me yes I can't even imagine what kind of 
isolation that must have made you feel. And what made it worse, I think, for me was the fact that they neglected my sister and our friend this entire time. And she was, she's the sweetest person. Anybody who meets her knows that she's the sweetest person, the purest person. Yes, your sister's a sweetheart. And I was just baffled that they could do this to her. Fine, you know, you're, you're not happy with me and not going about it the right way, but please, you know, don't treat my sister and our friend this way. She did not deserve it. And uh, afterwards, we uh, decided that, you know, if, well, we decided we really didn't decide anything. She apologized. She said, okay, next time moving on, I'm just going to hang out with you. Me being blinded by my willingness to forgive and just continue being friends with her, I said, okay, you know, the other girls don't want to be friends with me. Not sure why. Again, they never really told me whether it was a conflict I had with their boyfriends or, you know, maybe me being too much. I'm doing air quote signs right now because I still don't know what being too much means. And, uh, and a few months later, I invited her to uh, a gathering I had at my home and she said she was coming. Never messaged me. We have not spoken since this was four years ago. So as I mentioned, I know that story. It, uh, it's just hard to listen to again because I know your spirit and your character and I know that you only have the purest of intentions. So it it's really hard to listen to just as, <laughs> what did I say about an unbiased interview? <laughs> um, it's hard to listen to because I, I, I genuinely care for you and your well-being and your happiness. So, you know, I know in a prior conversation, you had mentioned that you almost felt like it was a form of indirect bullying if you Mm -hmm. will would you still qualify it as as that yeah I I think the fact that they were all having these conversations behind my back saying all of these things about me about my relationship about you know like why why I was too much and never ever giving me any explanation and then deciding that you know she's not worth our time anymore let's just you know move on Nobody ever text her. Nobody ever message her. Just continue following her on social media. But let's just pretend she's dead. And I, to this day, don't really understand what, how I did, how whatever I did was so bad that it, it got to the point that it did. I would love to know. I would love to learn and be a better person, but they never gave me the opportunity to do so. So that's really heartbreaking. And yeah, to to your point about bullying, I felt completely, you know, like thrown, thrown aside and, and unvalued. And I felt like real trash. I really felt bad about myself. And I, I I thought that, you know, maybe my other friendships would break because I'm too much, whatever this too much means. You use the term trash during our first sort of conversation about this it was such a hard term to swallow on your behalf because I hold you in in really high esteem so to me to be boiled down to feel that way I just can't I actually can't process it do you feel like sometimes because I mean I I, I've been on on the on the the receiving end of a of a sort of friendship group rejection too do you feel like it maybe bonds the group where it, it creates this like gossipy sort of situation where they get to pick on someone and it 
makes them come together and closer, but then it's always at the expense of a more empathetic person or a more sensitive person or someone who would probably be the best friend or and the most supportive and the, the most sort of reliable person as a friend in that group. But unfortunately, by natural selection, we almost become an easy target. Do you feel that way just because of maybe our characters? Yeah, I think so. I, I really think that allowed them to bond because I, I, I never really saw anything else bonding them the way kicking me out of this group bonded them. Because you told me you were a leader, you were the organizer. Yeah. And I, you know, that, that kind of sounds really condescending, but I really don't mean it to sound condescending, but I, I feel like I was always the leader of the group. So I was shell-shocked when, when everything happened and I didn't really understand how it, it could happen when we were all so close, yet I, I was the one holding the different relationships. The irony there is there may have been some jealousy where it was you held the cards and they didn't. So mm. it was some crazy way to like take back the power. I, I love elevating women. But women fight in a different way, too. Women have this ability to be really passive-aggressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so unfortunate. At the same time that I don't want to play into misogynistic type of views where it repeatedly states, yeah, women are catty. See, women are jealous. But then case in point, something like Mean Girls, where, yes, there is a modicum of truth. Women fight and bully completely differently. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I I didn't even know that these girls could do that. I didn't think so. I thought we were a group of girlfriends, you know, girl power. And since I was really young, I would always proclaim myself a feminist, and I, I always tried my best, you know, to elevate my 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 friends. And I do blame it on the boyfriends. <laughs> it's an easy, you know, scapegoat to blame it on the boyfriends, you know, and maybe they blamed me being too much on my boyfriend, but I've been too much all my life, you know, and I say too much really in the sense that, you know, I'm very, I'm too passionate. I'm, I'm too into something. I'm too, uh, you go girl. I'm, I'm too much of everything for them. And I guess it was suffocating them in a way. But again, this is my interpretation. That's fair. Everything that you're hearing me proclaim onto what they're saying, this is my experience and my, you know, torture of myself because I never heard it from them, what I did wrong. And it's still upsetting. Of course, I hear that in you. Because I, I will never know really what I did wrong. And a lot of my friends who are still friends with them will say, it's just because you guys have differences of opinion. But what are those opinions? Yes, yes. What, what happened that we were friends for so many years and then you said, well, now our differences of opinions matter without ever telling me what our different opinions are. You know, is it because I wasn't okay that your boyfriend was making sexist remarks? You know, like, was it because of that, that I was too much? Even the term, like, too much. What does that mean? I, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, it's a cop-out. It's just a way to label that's, once again, really ostracizing and that creates distance from you to them. It's a manipulation tactic. It means nothing. Like, even, by the way, being extra is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love being extra. I think extra is being fun. I think those are the most colorful, sparkly, interesting 
people, they, they bring opinion oh, yeah. and they bring life and energy. So I always felt like it was like more of a reflection on them, whether it's boyfriend, they're boyfriend related or not. Like, I still feel like there is something inherently that they disliked about themselves and that you seem to put to light and it made them uncomfortable. What it is, I don't know. But then the question mm-hmm. begs, do you want to mend at some point in your life with them? No. I, I did the therapy. <laughs> I, I did the months of crying. I did the insomnia because of this. You know, I've, I've gone through it and I overcame it. And I, I, I have so many people in my life and who want to be there for me and who will speak up if I do something wrong and allow me to learn again, learn from my mistakes. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for people who fought for me, who stood by me, you know, regardless of me ever being too much or not enough or whatever it may be. I'm so much better. And I think maybe on both sides, we're all so much better. But the way you go about a situation says a lot about who you are. And I don't have to live with that. And I'm happy with that. You do not have time for that. Yeah. And I'm proud of you. I know the process must have been I mean, listen, it really is traumatic. It's a traumatic to lose a friend, let alone a group of friends that you deem as core that have been there for a good part of your life is extremely difficult and a huge shock to the system. But through it, you got strength. I'm really proud of you. I think you're a phenomenal human being. I I don't know how many times I must repeat this to you. And I think I'm going to keep repeating it because I really genuinely want it to sink in. And, you know, it's funny just hearing you say things before as striking as, you know, you were always too passionate. And to me, that's amazing to hear because we all want people around us that are passionate and that care. And I myself have been rejected by a girl group in high school. I think we've all sort of had that experience to a certain extent. I mean, I genuinely believe it's almost like a rite of passage to be honest with you. Even during the pandemic, I reached out to people that I hadn't spoken to in so long. Some of it was met with lukewarm sentiments. Some of it was really enthusiastic. But yeah, friendship is weird, man. It's imperfect. And it's Mm -hmm. super flawed. It's never perfectly reciprocated. Both parties are super human, insecure sometimes. You know, we all want the best for people we care about. But inherently we have other things driving us mm-hmm. yeah here's a good one in my millennial age cohort yes cohort <laughs> everybody is having babies which is awesome and beautiful but there's so very little room left for me in their lives anymore and here i am just out here trying to get married next year <laughs> that's all i want i will be there with you not having babies girl Hashtag no babies club. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no babies club, man. Girl, you said a mouthful there, sister. Uh, I needed that. Thanks. Thanks, Jen. You see, always know how to make me feel better, girl. Uh, so speaking of feeling better and being happy, I turn it over to you again and ask you, Jennifer, what makes you happy in a friendship? I think it's those types of friendships that are honest with you when when you do something wrong, when you don't say something right, they're there and they stand by you and they're able to teach you and to allow you to grow. 
If not, you'll never learn anything about yourself. And that goes back to my first point about learning. And this year is really all about learning. So thank you to all of my friends, whoever may be listening, for your honesty and, and, and for your trust in me. You too, Alex. Girl, always here for you. At the end of the day, trust and honesty and open communication are all things that are the foundation of a friendship. So one of those things goes awry, so does yeah. the friendship. So it's work, but it's so worth it. Once quarantine is over, let me cap it off by asking you this. Where are we going to eat? <laughs> we have plans like this Saturday to go eat. Is it pizza we're going for? Are we going back for Indian? No, we're, we're, we're we going, going for the pizza. We're going for all the pizza in, in Montreal. <laughs> Let's just the, have all, all the pizza. The pizza. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. I'm there for pizza and a night out with you, girl. Jen, thank you for being here. Thank you, Alex. I am so appreciative and uh, I'm glad I got, uh, I got to be part of the roster of women that you've had on your podcast. So thank you. It was an honor. You're welcome back anytime, my dear friend. Love you. And I love you. A really special thank you to my friend Jennifer for coming on the show and being so open and candid with some of the challenges that she had in her friendships. I know it's not an easy thing to open up about, but you know, the interesting thing is we've all been there. It's all common humanity. And if you take anything away from today's show, it's this friendships are messy. They're complicated. They can be really challenging, but if you think they're worth it, fight for them. Otherwise, you know, you just got to let it go. So to you as per usual, I thank you for being here and reminding you to go conquer. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.